Yo, 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 David Lawson, Stefan Hausen, back again with our football conversation. Me ready football podcast. What's up, Stefan? I'm good, man. You don't sound as excited as, as last week. Well, last week I had something specially planned for you. This week I don't have anything special. Like <laughs> I had a surprise for you last week. This um, week I have no surprise. I don't have that, you know, that. Funnily enough, we can follow up my sleeve. Funnily enough, we can still follow up from last week, considering the events of yesterday's Arsenal game, eh? Yeah, let's jump right into that. So, of course, a few people have mentioned that Jacko made a mistake yesterday, uh, yes. and by a few, I mean a few million. <laughs> so, Jacko, Jacko made a mistake. Uh, I'm sure everyone has seen it by now. And I just want you to break down to me the fact that Jacko has led the Premier League uh, with goals leading, with errors leading to goals over the last few seasons. You know, honestly, I, I know last week your colleague reached out and challenged my view on Jacko, and I had a little reaction to it. And we said that we would get into it more this week. And thankfully, for the enjoyment of our listeners, Jacko decided to add fuel to the fire by making. Uh, what I would consider a rare mistake for him. But for some reason, a lot of people would say this is something that is a regular occurrence for him. Um, based on the stat that you posted on Twitter, or was it something about Jacques has the most errors leading to goals, which is eight since his arrival in the league um, in 2016, I believe. And someone, and you're, people are gonna put that forward as proof that Jacques makes a lot of mistakes. I personally was never great at math, but if you're telling me that eight mistakes from over 150 games across five seasons is a lot of mistakes, I personally don't buy it. I've always kind of found the, goal, the errors leading to goal stats to be too highly subjective, too highly flawed to even pay attention to because I've seen many times where players give up penalties. In, I've seen Xhaka given an error leading to, a, leading to a goal for giving up a penalty, but I don't see it given to another player. So how, how reliable is this stat, David? I personally don't believe it. I don't put much credence in it. Xhaka made a mistake yesterday. I don't think it changed anything about his overall performance. I still think he was Arsenal's best player, outfield player on the day yesterday. I remember even after the, the mistake happened, the first thing I saw was my, my Twitter notifications pop up. Who was it? None other than you saying, oh, there it is. And then two seconds later, you admitted he was playing well. So errors leading to goals, I think that's just part of football. That's just part of football. And he held his hand up and he went on with it. Jaka is a good football player. I'm not going to say he's not a good football player. But Jaka to me, and I think to most Arsenal fans, just doesn't stand out in any particular attribute. For a, for a football player, you you want, especially one that's under pressure, you want to see him being, being able to stand out whether it be like a Roy Keane barking around the football field, making those standstill passes, looking dominant on the football field physically, or like, you know, who Arsenal fans dream they still had a Patrick Vieira who could just dictate the football, football game with five-yard passes and long, long bursting runs. Of course, Jacka is not that type of football player. 
And I'm yet to really see anything in him that stands out. And when you do have that stat, which is very highly controversial, I agree, because the first part of it that is extremely controversial is controversial is errors leading to goals. And goals are very hard to come by. You can make errors and the, the opponents doesn't score. Like yeah. Kyle Walker, to me, I've always said, when Kyle Walker plays, you're already three-quarter goals behind. You're not officially one goal behind. <laughs> It depends on if the other team is going to take the chance. So you're three quarters behind. You're three quarters a goal behind because I know he's going to give up something. So it mm -hmm. just depends. So I do, I do agree. So, but the fact that he has that glaring stat, he doesn't, I know you spoke about the fact that he has the most forward passes and stuff, but Arsenal midfield hasn't been really one that you consider one of the most dominant in the Premier League or even in Europe. So he needs, so for Jaka to change perception, and that's what I want to talk about in this podcast, the, the reality of players versus the perception of football players. Um, the perception, the narrative of Jaka is seen as someone who's, who is not dominant in any attribute, which I, which I agree with, and a player that, you know, makes mistakes. And I think those mistakes are playing on the narrative which is a bit overblown, while at the same time, you can't underestimate, underestimate the fact that he is making errors. And I, Arsenal I, fans are going to naturally be against him. I wouldn't disagree with most of what you just said a while ago. I personally think he stands out in the passing department. I think he's one of the better deep-lying playmakers in the Premier League. I think if you look at the numbers, lots of, lots of forward passes consistently tops that. So if you are someone who watches Arsenal over the last couple of years and you have stated that Xhaka only passes sideways, I am begging you to go and see an optometrist because your eyes are shut because you are clearly not watching football properly. He tops those high pass completion record, most passes into the final third for Arsenal. The problem for Arsenal is just the fact that Xhaka is passing the ball to a bunch of average players, and that's really and truly the main problem, and they end up defending way more than they should. But you, you touched on an interesting point when you said narrative and the reality of players. Xhaka is one of those players where, depending on what you have known of him, it's always been way off of what it actually is. He came from the Bundesliga with his reputation of being a hard man who got lots of red cards, who was physical, who made lots of tackles. And he came into the Premier League and we saw referees target that because of certain challenges and he got red cards he didn't necessarily deserve. Xhaka was never that player in the Bundesliga. If you watch the Bundesliga and thought Xhaka was anything close to physical, anything to a Roy Keane who went up and down and tackled, again, you were not watching football properly. Well, sorry to cut you there, Stefan. One of the main problems with Xhaka is that he came at a time when everyone thought that Arsenal needed that hard man. They wanted that type of hundred percent. That's what I'm back. saying. The, the narrative was that he was coming in to be this hard man defensive midfielder when he wasn't that. He was a deep line playmaker whose main focus is getting on the ball and spreading it across the field, which I think but I don't see that with him though, Stefan. I don't really see that type of guy that is making these angle passes out wide and triggering uh, fast hitting counter attacks consistently. I don't really see that. Maybe, maybe I'm mistaken. I do see a guy who can make, make a ton of passes, but at the same time, I don't see much intricacy in his passes, nor do I see the range of passing when I watch him play. Well, 
maybe we're watching two different things because once again, who has the most long passes and the most successful long passes and the most switches across the field? It's Granite Jacker. So yes, it's, but it's we're not that's yes, I agree he has it for Arsenal, but for example, <coughs> if I if I if I'm a striker. Yeah, for for Fulham, for example, because Fulham is playing Liverpool now, so I'm just using Fulham, mm-hmm. and I've scored four goals in 20 games. I'm the leading goal scorer. That doesn't make me yes, I have, I have the most shots, I have the most goals. That yeah. doesn't really make me a very a very good striker. You get what I'm saying? No, yeah, I agree with that. You're, but you're that's playing you. in a mid. When you play comparing, no, let me say, let me get into this. That's you comparing it against the league. League yes, wide. hold on. League Before wide. Into that. League and you have wide, to remember when Arsenal stand- are watching, when Arsenal fans are watching Jacko, they they want they are comparing him. Uh, well, I'm using the smart. I'm saying the smarter ones mm-hmm. who want to upgrade, right? They want yep. a, a player in that position who they can directly say that guy is top class. Mm-hmm. That guy is is better than that guy on that team and okay when I, I feel like they don't they don't they're not that confident enough in him and then also you had the, the fiasco where he threw the middle finger to the fans and stuff which many fans rightly, rightly deserved rightly deserved that was a big moment applaud him for that dumbest fans in the game are arsenal fans they deserve that but fans not- in general are dumb but <laughs> no but let me talk let me talk the reason why they are dumb sorry i'm going to make continue but you have to, but the same thing though, the same reason why they fill up the stadium and patu your name and all that. Yes, they are dumb. Is yeah. the same reason why you're popular. So you have to also respect them in both ways. Yeah, all right, let's let's tackle some of the of what you just said a while ago. I have never ever said that Xhaka is one of is the best deep line playmaker in the league. The, the first thing you have to do with a player like Xhaka is you have to identify the type of player he is and the type of role he's playing on the field. Earlier, you mentioned a, a Roy Keane or a, a Patrick Vieira. That's not Xhaka. Xhaka has never been that player. If you want to compare Xhaka amongst Arsenal players of similar ilks over the decades of me watching them, at least, you're comparing him against the likes of Gilberto Silva, Emmanuel Petit, Ma- Mikel Arteta. Those are the guy, type of guys, Francis Coquelin. Those are the type of guys who have played in a similar roles team. And I think he's better than all of those guys already. And then when Wait, you think he's better than Emmanuel Petit? I think it's better than Emmanuel Petit, yes. But I will admit I was a bit younger when Emmanuel Petit was there. My, I'm older than you. Yes. He's not better than Emmanuel Petit. And, and don't, get me, wrong. don't get me wrong. Football don't get me wrong. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Huge Emmanuel Petit fan, and I wanted a ponytail simply because of him. But I could concede that my my viewing of Emmanuel Petit, I was, I was definitely on the younger side. You're older than me, so you would have had more... Um, insight into that. I think Emmanuel Petit was a great player. I will never doubt that. But hold on. If you think he's a great player and Jacka, you don't rate Jacka that highly. I don't understand the parallels. No, I rate Jacka highly. I don't think you, I think you rate Jacka. You think my ratings of Jacka is world class. Yeah, but you just said that he's better than Petty and Petty is a great player. So you're considering Petty world class because I'm not. No, I don't. But you said you are the one that said he was great. All right, let's, let's put it this way. We're splitting hairs here. I don't think he's much better than Emmanuel Petit, but I think if you put him on those 98 teams, it works perfectly fine. He's just oh, as good. All right. Well, let's, let's, football let's... has changed. Football <laughs> has evolved, and players now do more things. And just by nature of um, over time, players yeah. know the average football player now is better. 
than the average football player then. Doesn't yeah, mean they, that players they know wouldn't be as good. You don't have to throw that disclaimer out. So technically, yeah, if you're doing pound for pound, he's probably a better player. But for that era, for the era that Petty played in and what Petty did uh, and how he was able to be in a team and be, whether it would be for Chelsea, because when he came back to the Premier League, when I really saw him, it was really for Chelsea um, and for France, right? Yeah. Anyway, that's that's irrelevant. Let's get back to the, the Jacques. Yeah. So we're, we're, I, I just compared him to players of similar ilk for Arsenal, and then you have to compare against players of similar ilk in the actual era of football that he's not operating in. I 100% definitely agree Arsenal could upgrade on Granite Xhaka. Do I think... But hold on, Sefa. No, no, no. no, no. Re- I want to ask you a question. It's a question I'm asking. Because we have to wrap this up. Only a few minutes. All right. I, you know, I have a rating system. It's It's... It's world class, it's top class, it's very good, it's good, it's um, Premier, Premier League, um, Bundesliga, whatever, that level, like you're a, that level football player. Is Jaka a world class player? No, on your scale, I'd say very good. And we can skip this now because that's okay, a really good. Very good. Okay, <laughs> I would say so very good. good right. so you think he's very good. All right. Yeah. That's Which why I said Arsenal could if improve. If you have a very good player, then I don't <laughs> think that then Arsenal need to really upgrade. If you think that, and I respect your view, if you think Jaka is very good, then the problem isn't Jaka. The problem is the players around him. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Arsenal need to upgrade those players. I Here's the thing. Every footballer on Arsenal's starting eleven could be upgraded. Is Xhaka the man that you need to upgrade immediately? Based on my eye test, no. Based on the stats, when you compare him against players of similar ilk, he's not far off the likes of, for, for example, I have Rodri above him. You don't rate Rodri as highly as I do. He's not far off a Rodri. He's not far off of a Jorginho, who I also rate very highly, of players of that ilk. When you look at the players that Xhaka is passing the ball to, he's passing the ball to, I will say this once again, the worst attacking unit in the top 10 belongs to Arsenal. If yeah, you just well, you compare know, you, have the, you have the English, you have the English William, you have, have um, PepsiCo, PepsiCo, you have... Uh, Obama you, Young. I'm you, not going to disrespect Obama Young. Um, yeah. No, this yeah. no. He should. He should write. French before, no, no, no. French before in Lacazette. <laughs> he should rightfully be criticized because if you stack up William, Lacazette, Pepe, Obama Young, and compare them to players of similar roles, if you compare them, you will see that those Arsenal players are way behind in comparison. To the, to the rest of the league standard. Xhaka is not far off the best DLPs in the Premier League. Aubameyang is not even in the realm of discussion for the best left forwards. He's now moved back to centre forward and in January, everyone was telling me, don't worry, Aubameyang will come good. He's going to score goals. Since that point in time, Aubameyang has played, I think, 11 Premier League games. He scored six goals. You would think, oh my God, that's a great record. He scored one penalty. Three goalkeepers have given him easy goals and he scored two tap-ins. He's not well, he has well he has um I've always said that the left forward role last season overinflated his stats so he got some goals 
I never, I never, I never thought he was any good on that. Yeah, and then when you compare the other things that he doesn't, he doesn't contribute in retaining of the position. He doesn't, he doesn't pass well. He doesn't combine well. He doesn't hold the ball up. He doesn't do dribbles. He does nothing in the final third apart from scoring goals. He stretches the field and he's a he's a dean, but he's constantly moving. Um, Disagree completely. And he scored and he scored some big goals for Arsenal, just like he did for against Benfica. So I, I'm not going to be. I'm not. I'm not highly critical of Obama. I rate Obama Young higher than you do, but I do see the flaws in him. And when yeah, people and then, are and trying to say he's better than Harry Kane, for example, not I never, in the realm I never of discussion. Of he's not in the realm of discussion. <laughs> and that, and when you when you consider that is that is how we're summing up Obama Young, who is their captain, best player, supposed supposed to be their best player, their main attacking threat, and he is so woefully bad in comparison to the league standard. And he's probably their best one. When you look at William. Come on, Stefan. Woefully you, bad. Woefully Stephon, bad. Obama Young has scored many goals. Like, no, like, no, no. I, David. Like, I, I, can understand, I, can, I can understand if Obama Young was Lukaku for Manchester United. Like, Lukaku is playing well for Inter Milan. But, like, no Manchester United found one because we saw what that was. And that was something we don't want. Yes, what he's doing over there. Yes, he's congratulations. He's doing that over there, but he's not going to do that here. Uh, I think I think you're just selling Obama Young short. I think Obama Young is at least top five center forward in the EPL. In, in the EPL this season? No, no, not this season. This season. So then what are we talking about, David? We're talking about. Oh, I'm, not, I'm talking about. I'm not going to just hold him. I think Arsenal has been through a bad stretch. And you know, you know, I said Arsenal should not have re-signed him. They should have sold him. You don't yeah. pay that much amount of money for a guy that's going to make you come seventh. In his best season, you're coming seventh. And yes. he's getting older. So yes. I do agree no. with that. But I'm saying... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me add a disclaimer. I think Obama Young in the right system, the right team, is potentially a world-class poacher. But poacher. since okay. Arteta... Like since Arteta has taken over, we've seen him move Aubameyang out to that left wing spot, which he had a decent little run. But after the restart to now, Aubameyang's numbers, when you just since that point in time, restart of COVID to now, he does not rank in the top 10 for anything regarding left forward or center forward. He's not in the discussions. That's how bad he's been performing. And he's their best one. When you put Lacazette compared to other center forwards or Pepe compared to right forwards, they're all woefully behind the league standard right now. Ooh, yeah. Like so when, it, so yeah. when I say like, Arsenal... Because I consider league standard is Ollie Watkins of Aston Villa. That's oh, sorry. I, all right. maybe, I'm, maybe I'm using the wrong terminology. League standard, I mean the best in the league then. Okay. That's, um, what, I, that, so that's, mean, that's what I should have said. I'm comparing them against all right. the I best think I think, like, I think you're comparing you're comparing the Obama Youngs to Salah. To Salah, King. to Sterling, to even King, Ra- to I think Sterling. Rashford right now is much better than, than Obama Young for a left forward. Yeah, Rash- like Rashford is a player I will defend. I believe that Rashford is in the wrong role, wrong system, wrong everything. Yeah. Uh, but he's trying to make it work. But that's for another day. All right, moving on from, from, from that though. Quickly on um the handball rule change we saw it yesterday in terms of the arsenal game uh where penalty wasn't given but we see that fifa is going to change it back to back to a ref's decision uh, basically if the ball accidentally touches a hand it's 
it's up to the ref's decision. Ref's um discretion. I'm lost on train of thought. It's discretion. I'm, I'm see you have discombobulated me. Actually. <laughs> I know that normally doesn't happen, but I'm still thinking about it. But I know we can't talk about it anymore. Ah, we'll talk about it another day. But yes, FIFA changed the rules to allow us to to allow the referee to make it's, their it's, own decision. It's referee discretion at this point in time, no? Yeah, referee discretion. Yeah. So what about it? What about? What I do think, you think hand- about it. Do you think that's the way it should go? And we saw yesterday. Uh, we saw yesterday with the referee not giving Arsenal a penalty. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what the, the handball rule is supposed to be anymore. It's gonna change next week again. Do I think the one yesterday, that uh, the first one, the one that Pepe hit Peters, the first one that it was Peters for both of them. Not about it. Well, I'm just scored. Sorry. Oh, interesting. That's funny. Um, I thought the one yesterday should have been a clear penalty. I don't see why it wasn't. Um, yeah, I agree. Moving forward, it will be a penalty probably next week, and then two weeks from now, it won't be a penalty again. It's it's crazy. I'm not even really concerned with it. I'm more concerned with VAR and how ridiculously stupid that incident is. I don't know how you look at the replay and says it's not a penalty. The problem I have, like, for example, France in the World Cup, we got a penalty, which I didn't think. The the ball came, it was like maybe one foot away in the hand. I didn't think that was a penalty. Uh, But because, but if you slow down a camera, it's going to look like the hand is automatically, the player instinctively did it. But it's uh, so that's that's the thing. Okay, moving on from that. Liverpool, no, down 1 0. Is are we seeing are, are we seeing what happens to Klopp's team when they burn out? We saw it with Dortmund. Are we seeing the same thing with Liverpool? I think we're seeing the same same thing for. I don't want to focus it on Klopp's teams, but I remember back in the Dortmund days, I did say that Klopp was slow to evolve his team, and that kind of hurt him, and it it petered out at Dortmund. I guess similar things are happening at Liverpool, but. Is it a club thing? Is it people are pointing out it's it's kind of the system he uses? It burns out players, or is it just is it just football? Because you know cycles come and cycles go. This Liverpool team has been great for three seasons. They, yes. they if if you really think about it, they won the Premier League last year. They were absolutely superb the year they came second, and then the year before yeah. that they went to a Champions League final and won. That's those are three great years. Teams burn out. Uh, I don't know if it's a club. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a club thing. Maybe I'll have to look, do, do some more research into it. But when I think about other teams around the world, so Man City burnt out after three years. Is that a pep thing? Uh, it's it's yeah, just football. I just think team... Second. Yeah, I personally Liverpool think that team... Liverpool struggling. They can't even win a home game. Yeah, but I, I think the difference is... Um, like, we have to admit it. This Liverpool team has been absolutely ravaged by injuries. The same thing happened to Pep last year with Man City, but I think this Liverpool team has actually had it worse than, than, than Pep's team last year. When you, And then when you add on the fact that they're probably more reliant on the physicality. So I think this team is just shot, and then you have this whole off-the-field drama, you know, Alisson's father just passed, and it's, it's just crazy for them. They've had the worst year. Uh, eventually, it was always going to come back. Uh, key players' forms have dipped. I know you see Trent, one of my favourite players. He was benched today, and they don't have the defence that they once had. And, yeah, you know, it's all, it's all falling apart for Liverpool. Lastly, though, Stefan, before we go, perception of football players... Uh, versus the reality of football players like Thomas Party, he again I watch him play. I, I'm I'm going to as you know my rule is 
I'm not going to criticize you after one se- um during the first season once mm-hmm. you move to a new league. Same with Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, all of them. You you of course you know you have some reservations, but you are you are much stronger. You have a much stronger view on him than I do. What is your opinion on Thomas Partey? I just don't think he's that good of a football player. Like that's that's always been my view of him. When he was at Atletico Madrid, I thought he was heavily overhyped for being semi-technical in the most non-technical midfield setup in the, in the entire world. Um, he had some good moments. I My doubts when Arsenal were looking at him was, what does he actually bring to this Arsenal team? Because really and truly, he never excelled defensively for Atletico Madrid. And they have a team that covers that because 10 players on the field defend, they sit deep. Um, I didn't see him as any high-class dribbler that gets out. I, I even remember pointing out that I don't even think he's passing, which is something that to this day, Arsenal fans are now harping about, oh, he makes such good forward passes. Interesting because his passing stats are worse than Xhaka's, who Xhaka doesn't apparently pass forward, but Parte, who passes less, does. Makes no sense. I remember last year against Atletico Madrid, after the game that they came back and somehow won, a game I thought Parte was actually pretty terrible in. Um, one of the narrative was, oh, Partey's passing was so good in this game. It was the key to them coming back and winning. He attempted very few passes and he completed 68% of them. If, if Granit Xhaka ever even thought about completing 75% of his passes, you would, you would say he had the worst game ever. But perception, how, how things are put forward, fans like who they like, the media likes who they like, and they put it forward and you say, oh, this guy's a good player. And then you, you, just, you watch the games through those lens. We see it with Partey. Another player we see it with is um, Maguire um, for Manchester United. I, I, to this day, I don't understand how anyone watches the Premier League and think Maguire is a bad defender. I think he holds... Well, at the start of the season, he was bad. That, that's I, form, bro. That's that's form. Form. He was bad at the start of the season. I had to call him out. No, that's form. What, that's form. That's good. form. I, players who have bad moments, that's form. Yeah, he, overall... He, he deserved. He deserved. But since then, uh, you know, he had the incident where he got drunk, whatever. He stoked his behavior. <laughs> You think, like for example, with Maguire, like you have people coming out saying Mings of Aston Villa should start for England over Maguire. Instant understand it if your view is like, yeah, you want a fast defender to play there, but if it is a view because oh, I think he's better and Maguire makes mistakes, there is absolutely no reason. There's like there's literally there is literally no evidence that Mings. Has ever been at any season in his life been better than Maguire as a football player? Not even, uh, not even close. Yeah, like so, and uh, you know, you look at you know Manchester United plays Manchester City. The big games, United gets a lot of criticism because they don't score goals, but the defense doesn't get the credit for not giving up the, the giving up any goals. So yeah, that's always that's not, honestly they they, they, the that's never a narrative. Yeah. Only when they will play a game and they give up a goal, then people are like, you see, they're not good, blah, blah, blah. But whenever they don't give up a goal, the narrative is never that. Which and is- then you see with Mason Mount, it, the narrative only changed with Mason Mount once Frank Lampard left. Yeah. And it's even good. I had to change my tune because I'm never the biggest fan of him. And I still don't think he should start for England. Yeah, I don't think everyone should fit. But yeah, that's narrative. Similar thing happens with Arsenal. When Arsenal concede a goal, all of a sudden, oh, you see, they still need that big centre half. Arsenal have the fifth best defensive record in the league. I think only four teams have conceded less goals than them, and two of those have only conceded one less goal. Yet, 
it's never oh our offense is terrible despite the fact that 10 players 10 teams have scored more goals than us it's it's always the defense right it's just narrative and how media and fans choose to look at things through their own biased lens agree and you know next week stefan i'm gonna give you a heads up i want to talk to you about leicester's manager no, that's a, no you're not a that's, big fan of that's, some, that's something I'd love to talk about. Because I, I, I'm, I used to be a huge fan of Rogers, and I appreciate Rogers. Before you know, just just a preview. Huge fan of Rogers when he was at Liverpool. Thought that he got a raw deal because the signings that they made were poor, and Daniel Storage completely broke down, and he was vital, and everything just went to crap, and they blamed him for. Liverpool losing, and I don't care what anybody said, Liverpool losing that title was not Rodgers' fault. They needed to win the last two games and draw versus Chelsea. Gerrard falls down. It's now 1-0. Storage has to come on the field half fit. They, they can't score against a puck Chelsea defence. Yes, Chelsea was not playing the strongest team, but still they were defending with their life. And the game, they were up 3-0 against Crystal Palace. They're going for goals because now they need, because they'd lost the game against Chelsea, they need Goal difference, goal difference, and they're just trying. They good. They could have won three nil. They would have still lost the league. Um, but people, but the narrative was, yeah, but City might have um fallen apart in the last game, or who knows. But I don't blame for that. He went to the, he went to the Scottish League. He won the easy title. And he could have stayed there. Came back to the Premier. I thought he took on a good challenge. Um. And he has his team in the, in the top four. He has his team same points as Manchester United. Yep. All right. And I know you're not a big fan, but I'm going to give you some credence. He has not won. And he, he again, he got knocked out in the Europa League. And that to me, I remember when Pochettino was at Tottenham and I was rating him and he went to the Champions League, he was in the Europa League, he wasn't doing anything there. And I was like, that has to count against him. That's a big black mark. Eventually, Pochettino figured it out and started to do well in the Champions League. So uh, that's an intro. I can't want to have that conversation with you next week. So I want to talk about to you, with you about Brendan Rodgers um, next Looking week. Looking forward to Anything it. else you want to talk about? No, man, I think we went through some interesting topics today and next week we'll come back and, and deal with Rodgers. And, and hopefully something else would happen. It's been, been a little bit boring. Uh, been a little bit boring. But, uh, but, but it's going to be a long season because, you know, we have um, European football to come. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, you have to hope. Yep. All right. Cool. Peace. Peace.